Hello and welcome to Centrist Ads. I'm Adam Radford. Joining me all the way from Sandbach in England is Mr. Kieran Seymour. Hello. And joining all the way from his from his new abode in Salford is Alex Najad. Hello. Wasn't the same without you last time, Alex. For, for a second there, I thought Alex was going to come in with like a proper mank accent. I'm in Sol- I'm in Salford, mate. No, I've, I've been I've actually been venturing around Salford all evening, pretty much. Uh, I went to Swinton and I went to Walkden and I was looking for a sodding chimney from B and M, but they're all sold out. So I went up to Bolton. It's like the it's like the Stoke of the North. They should have that on the Welcome to Bolton signs. Bolton, the Stoke of the North. Kieran, what have you been uh, What have you been up to? Not much, really. Sorry, you might have to edit that pause out because that was <laughs> that was long. I don't know. It's um, it's different. Have you washed it's your different. hair? I've washed my hair. My hair's wet. I've just had a bath. You know that was that was fun. It's kind of, it's kind of scraping the barrel when washing your hair gets to the top, isn't it? I mean, I think this is the stage of lockdown life for that, isn't it? Really. You know, in Pinky and the Brain, when Pinky goes, "What are we gonna do tonight, Brain?" and Brain goes, "Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try and take over the world." I kind of feel like that's lockdown. It's like, what are we gonna do today? Probably, probably hunker down with some existential dread in a box set. I watched a good box set actually. It's called Your Honor. Oh, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston, yeah, very. He plays a very upstanding judge, um, well respected, and his son accidentally runs over and kills a, another teenage boy, 17, who happens to be the son of the uh, head of the, the local mafia in New Orleans. And obviously the judge realises this and realises that his son will be dead if he turns himself in. And that's kind of the, the starting point of it. Yeah, it's very, very good. Very good. Highly recommend it. Is it on? Is it on Netflix? It's um, Sky Now TV. The next time I buy a Now TV pass to watch Oxford United stutter and fall again, <laughs> I'll check that out. I had an interview an hour ago for new host of Good Morning Britain. Oh God! Can you imagine? I would be awful. I like. I don't want people Adam, watching. Be controversial. Oh, God. Don't be centrist. I don't think I am centrist. I'd say I'm a social no. democrat. I think for people to watch it, you have to get somebody who's just argumentative or likes to give a bit of a grilling. And I'm really not very confident. I hate confrontation. No, the interview was for an artificial intelligence company. Um, they're hiring a, a copywriter. Mm-hmm. And it's because of your your work here in the jobs board from your new job that you suggested. Oh, what? Apply? Yep. Uh, so I went on to be applied and I found uh, this this job listing. I thought, why not? I'll have a punt. I'll see what it is. And you got an interview? So I had an inter- yeah, so I had an interview no today. So I, that's the second stage. Um, I think it went okay. How did you find the um, the application process? Because it's very unique, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bre- I feel like this has become a plug for your for your uh, for your employer. Yeah, this is a breeze, mate. It's brilliant. Forget because <laughs> do you know what it is? It's because because it's CV blind. You don't feel like you're being written off because you haven't got certain years of experience or whatever on your CV compared to somebody else. So I had three questions that I had to answer. They were really happy with the answers. And today it was it was like, what would you do in this situation? What would you do in that situation? How do you go about it? And really interesting. It was really short and sweet, um, half an hour, which is what it was intended to be. It wasn't like they had enough of me. Okay, I'm done with this. It's not him. I I didn't expect to get an interview, so I will be 
I will be made up if I got through this stage. That's the thing with that process is it, it's nothing to do with what you've done before. It's about who you are and what your skills are and you're predicting how good you're going to be for that job. So, and that, that, that is a completely fair way of hiring. I'm definitely going to look at more jobs on the jobs board. Another thing I've been doing is listening to, to some new podcasts or catching up on podcasts. So in, addif- in addition to Citation Needed, No Such Things as Fish, No Such Things as Fish is by the QI Elves. It's brilliant. I've also listened to, a, to another new politics podcast, Labour's new leadership podcast by two Labour Party members. One's a, a parish councillor and, uh, and one, is a, one is a mank, I think. Based, based off the accent nice yeah solid from three of us who used to live in manchester it's not an attack on you and really really interesting first episode they were speaking to um to lloyd dodridge national organizer for for labor to win this side of labor which isn't just yelling keith all the time <laughs> and it, it was a really interesting discussion you know they talked about reaching out to others and and talking to the to the public rather than becoming sort of entombed in in echo chambers and such on things like universal basic income really worth a listen cool yeah no that sounds good i want to check that out kieran do you want to just give a shout out to social media shenanigans yeah uh social media um give us a like or a follow on twitter and facebook at centrist dads you know the drill get in touch tell us what you think of us yeah get involved um and yeah it means a lot to us to know what you think of the podcast or what you'd like us to talk about let us know uh, at centrist dads just as a just an update in the last 30 days we've had listens from uh, and this is going on red circles analytics and only if people are willing to share their location and it picks up the nearest city so apologies if your name if your city is not on here so from london madrid upper norwood manchester paris toulouse york southampton dallas we're getting, we're getting more Americans. This is great. Middle which Brackley, Montebello, which I think, I think is in California. Sidcup, Budapest, uh, Hailsham, Taunton, Brighton, Olchcombe, Matlock, Luton and Nottingham. So that's just in the last 30 days of people who are willing to share their location data with their podcast provider. Before we go into the, um, the sleepwalking into a police state bill, Kieran, you've got an interesting topic that's sort of an international topic. I guess. Yeah. Um, so something that I think has been kind of around for quite a long time, hasn't ever really been in the forefront of the news as much, but kind of floating around in the background a bit is um, anti-vaxxing. And obviously now anti-vaxxing has kind of come a bit more to the, the news because of COVID and the vaccine. If I'm being advised by medical professionals to get a vaccine, to stop me being ill that is proven to be safe i'm gonna do it because uh, i want to look after my health and my family's health it's one of those concepts that is quite hard to grasp i think for for my kind of rational logical brain and that's not saying that people that are anti-vaxxers are not those things it's just in my head it's logical and that's how it should be but people have their reasons and I think why they have those reasons is really what what is interesting to to look at here you know we all have free will and we should all be able to make our own decisions but controversial well yeah I mean to be honest uh, I would 
perhaps argue that you know why not just make it that you have to have a vaccine oh, i was going in on the on the free will element or if it's terminus but then it would get oh, very gosh. very very uh, up uh, itself and philosophical uh, and i really another, don't do that that's another podcast I, I need my turtleneck for that i need to buy, <laughs> I, I need to i need to buy a turtleneck first yeah <laughs> we know you've got a turtleneck adam it's so, fine i wish i had a turtleneck when, <laughs> if we get patreons i'll treat myself to a turtleneck <laughs> what kind of reasons do you mean yeah i spoke to someone recently who who said that basically we were talking about the vaccine for covid and they said oh yeah my husband's got um, off rang up and offered the vaccine and uh, and he said no i'm all right thanks and quite frankly if i was offered the same i, I think i'd say no and uh, i was quite like intrigued immediately i was like how how come hmm. and they they said that it was because it wasn't safe and it had been rushed through. You know, there, there was no proven way to know if there would be side effects and da da da. And to even go to the length of saying, you know, we don't know if in five years this could cause cancer, um, which was which was probably the thing that stayed with me the most. I kind of asked, like, where have you heard this? Mm. Basically, it, it's these social media platforms and channels, Facebook, YouTube, where media is obviously unregulated and they can pick up these people who put out news as such claiming to be alternative to mainstream media and that actually mainstream media are lying mainstream media are uh, not telling the truth or they're biased they're right wing they're left wing and actually here's the cold hard truth uh, so this kind of like anti-establishment of the media is, is where this stuff is being sown. And I look at them sometimes just out of curiosity to see what they're like. And they just play on people's emotions so much. And and that's where these opinions are formed. And it's worrying that there's such influential media out there that is able to get away with doing this stuff unregulated. You know, so that, that that's kind of the reasons they were given. And, you know, it's just made me think recently, because it's genuinely the first person I've ever met that has you know refuse the vaccine and and they've had other vaccines it's just the covid one that they're they're funny about these other vaccines were they were they children at the time or were they adults i'm pretty sure they've tried they've i'm pretty sure they've traveled quite a lot so i know they've had vaccines to go into other countries actually so no they've had they've chosen through being an adult to have them yeah so that was again even more interesting in a way it's this it's this kind of strange international movement really uh, is it a movement i don't know like international um... conspiracy that is how that's how these media outlets sell it you know it's a conspiracy yeah. you're going to end up having bill gates know everything that you're doing okay i'm done with this the bill and melinda gates foundation does so much good it is so much good. It saved so many lives. And he's being tarnished as this kind of pantomime villain that wants to put microchips in everybody's arms. It's just, it's okay. bizarre. And the, the thing is, people believe it. That's what's so yeah. scary. Yeah. You know, the person I know, they, they didn't believe that. But people do. This is the thing that I really want to, to drill down with. Two people in a room, both of whom don't believe vaccines are, are put out there for good reasons but they have fundamentally different and contradictory views on why that is. I've kind of hogged it a bit there. What are your, what are your thoughts on, on the old anti-vaxxers? So don't, don't you think it's more of a wider culture war 
thing, really. Mm. It's, it's more that fits into that sort of narrative, that debate of whether what's true and what isn't and what you believe and your identity with that. And you look at Fox News, yes, I think it was... I think it was two nights ago, maybe it was. Tucker Carlson was saying, Joe Biden, why are you demanding that I take this vaccine? What are the reasons why I should take this vaccine? And every guest and every member of the commentariat that they have on the on their panels on Fox News, they're having a go at the vaccines and the vaccine rollout and why you should feel, why, why the government has been so heavy-handed. And again, it's that sort of, the government is telling us what to do. And it fits into that culture, that culture war narrative that, we, that we've got. Uh, in our society and certainly certainly in western culture we have a a a culture war going on and it just strikes me that they are the mainstream media fox news are a member of the mainstream media though they don't like to say that they are they see themselves as like the 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 counter arguments and they see themselves as the revolutionary conservative news side that will give you the alternative view but I just, it just strikes me as just really is it's just this sort of like dangerous point we've gotten to in society where everything's on an identity basis. You, it's, you're either, it's sort of that either, it's like a, a Anakin Skywalker when it, or, or George Bush saying that you're either against me or you're with me kind of thing. I can just suspect that the person that Kieran is referring to or the most people that are referring to with these arguments of being anti-vaxxers they usually are, again, this is a massive generalisation, but they are more, more right-leaning, they're non-college, non-university college educated and things like that. And it just strikes me that we're going into this debate where you're, you're arguing against sort of like liberal progressive graduate professionals versus, mm. uh, again, it's, like, it's, just, it's just basically the Brexit debate. It's basically just every debate that we've had over the past five years. Do your own research suddenly boils down to go onto YouTube and watch the same videos that I watched. And then you'll, you'll then be, because of the algorithm that wants to keep you watching videos for, for as long as possible, because that's how you generate ad revenue, you then get fed more of the same. Go down the same rabbit hole I did. It's being sold as making up your own mind, and it's being sold as quite liberating. And there's something fundamentally misleading, obviously fundamentally misleading, saying like, okay, I understand the established scientific consensus that the Earth is round, but go away and make up your own mind. And you're like, well, I don't know how a plane flies, but I'm going to trust the engineers that built it and the pilot that flies it. I'm not going to question that. Like, we don't question absolutely everything. We don't have to make up our own minds about absolutely everything. Otherwise, people would hold multiple conspiracy theories because of YouTube rabbit holes. It's, you know, it's something I've always wondered about doing is... Joining a cult. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, leading a cult, my cult. No, um, I'm, I'm not going to start a cult. It's too much paperwork. Uh, yeah, yeah, too much hassle. Yeah. Something... Um, I've always wondered is, and I don't think I'll ever do this because I just, I probably won't have the time, but I'd be really interested one day to, to do an experiment. And there must be something out there that's done this where you set up a fake profile on Facebook or, or mm-hmm. whatever and, and basically just do a few things like follow something or like something and, 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 and kind of like see how the algorithm then feeds you content based on you doing something specific to try and feed something because i never do that myself i do it when i like genuine things Mm. but i'd be really interested to you know 
start liking things on, you know, that might be seen as far right views, far left views and, and see what, what comes my, my way organically then without me doing stuff in terms of ads and stuff like that. It'd be really interesting to see what, what happens. Especially, I think, on, on YouTube, the, the way that the algorithm works, my, my understanding is that it's about interaction. So even if somebody comments, oh, this is hogwash, the, the language that we know is the, the internet uses, you know, this is nonsense. Hogwash. Hogwash. Absolute. <laughs> that well-known. Uh, absolute humbug. Well, yeah. yeah. Well-known uh, phrase when, of trolls. Hey, whenever, whenever Dickensian trolls go on to see YouTube, they always use hogwash and humbug. <laughs> but youtube says ah you've interacted with this video so that is gonna bump it up that's really interesting because then it means basically if you've got an extreme opinion regardless of whether you think it's hogwash or you think it's the undeniable truth if you feel that passionate about it either way and you comment on it you're helping them bring hogwash back bring hogwash back yeah absolutely <laughs> because 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 youtube wants to keep you on the site watching videos whether or not you're outraged is is irrelevant. Yeah, it's you know, crazy, it, isn't it? It is a bit. I mean, and, and one of the things you said um, towards the beginning is that it's unregulated, and that's that I think is a really interesting point because these companies are sort of policing themselves more or less. And I know that there's a there's sort of like a disclaimer to say, oh, this this the the accuracy of this is being questioned. But what do you guys think? Yeah. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube has a responsibility. In, especially with anti-vaxxer, I know I derailed this a bit with Flat Earth. And if so, how do you think it should live up to that responsibility? Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, the like, all have a role to play. They're obviously not going to do it because whenever every opportunity they've had to do it, they just don't regulate themselves properly. They don't cover themselves mm. in a glory. So I don't think they, they're going to they're going to wash their hands of it like like um, an actual like Pontius Pilate. They're just going to wash their hands and be just just rid of it almost but i think with taking your information from facebook and youtube and things like that i think it, it's more to do with our culture our shallow culture that we have and that materialism that we have and how we want to consume information and just just interpret what we want and just take what we want and it's just how it's in each individual person does what they want basically regardless of how anybody else feels or anything like that and i think it's it's coming into more of the way we are as a society as a society in, the, in this country, you could argue we are very selfish. We are very materialistic over just very sort of like petty things like how we look on social media, how we cover ourselves on Instagram and uh, how much stuff we have. We measure ourselves by what we have. And I think I think with the, the, the link there in terms of like modernity, maybe I haven't explained it very well, but I do believe there is a link between that sort of that mindset of not wanting to take it because it is it's fundamentally selfish. I'm all right, Jack, but sod the rest of them kind of thing. Uh, whenever it comes to this kind of debate about the internet and free speech and regulation, like, I always think about the man who invented it, Tim Berners-Lee. And the, the guy is just, everything he ever says is, is just spot just on. Spot on. <laughs> yeah. It is, it's spot on the money. And I think it was earlier, uh, no, it must have been last year, he basically came out and said, something along the lines of i'm not quoting directly here but the gist of it was this is not what i wanted the internet to be it's being manipulated and used in ways that are very very dangerous mm. and um you know when when he's saying that 
it, it's it's concerning. Um, so how the, the 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 issue is it's global, isn't it? And the internet is is global. So how do you and we have freedom of speech. We have you know free media and uh, so how do you, but then it crosses country it is so difficult to unless you go down like a china route which obviously we're not going to do where you just control everything which more of that never happen. more of that later <laughs> with the police bill yeah well, yeah actually yeah i've got some stats here of social media users in the uk versus the general population this is coming out of king's college london when a sample was was asked whether or not you think anti-vaxxers are are stupid 41 percent of the sample said that they're stupid which is heartening i wish it was higher Mm. but 41 percent is what it is um and it falls dramatically to 27 percent of people who use whatsapp 26 percent of people who use youtube as key sources of information and 23 percent of the people who use these two platforms so 41 percent nationally people who, who think anti-vaxxers are stupid versus 23 percent who use the two platforms who think anti-vaxxers are who's getting news from whatsapp but things go viral don't they yeah it's 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 groups and friends sharing stuff isn't it that's it that's it you know and I that's mean, is is that even that is arguably the most unregulated social media meet form of media can you class whatsapp as a form of media i don't know but that that's crazy, isn't it? When you think about it, I, I think it comes in the form of um, like jokey things sometimes, and memes, and and TikTok videos where people are trying to be funny, and you think this is dangerous. Like it's the thin end of the wedge, really. If you're kind of saying, "Oh, like my, this is, I've had the vaccine, and it's making me feel X, Y, Z, and all sorts," that in itself is not going to put somebody off getting a vaccine. But it helps make the ground fertile for somebody else to make a comment. Well, actually, we don't know what's in them anyway. And even though we 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 do, it sets the weather that yes, it's it's absolutely right to be to be questioning these things as, as not being safe. Um, the 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 reaction to blood clots is an interesting one. Yeah, there's there's a much higher risk of the contraceptive pill causing blood clots than oh. Yeah, yeah. The, than, the stats are insane. Yeah, yeah, the stats are insane. Yeah, but you and I think the stats, the stats are uh, just are no way justified in, in to mm. suspend the rollout. I think there's something quite useful politically for countries that are lagging behind to, to suspend yeah. it. To say, look, it's not us. It's not the logistics or whatever. It's it's not safe. We're protecting you. It's quite useful in that way. Um, mm. There, look at me with a conspiracy theory all of my own. But <laughs> I. <laughs> I do think that other people who are anti-vaxxers will take that information instead of going, oh, that's nonsense. They'll go, look, it's yeah. been right all along. It's dangerous. Yeah, yeah, that is true. At the end of the day, like, yeah, coming back to the COVID vaccine, it's, yeah, I think this has been a really interesting discussion in terms of just, you know, the wider, where it comes from. And culture war is... 100% a great way to put it Alex for everyone listening out there please get the vaccine please I know it vaccine. might only be like 50 people <laughs> but... I wish I wish it was 50 people <laughs> <listening to this. laughs> but 
please get the vaccine and, and tell everyone you know to get the vaccine because it is safe and that you're risking so much by not because you're giving the virus more opportunities to mutate and that's how the vaccine becomes ineffective. And that then feeds the anti-vaxxer line of why it doesn't work. So just get the vaccine. I would always say to be sceptical of, of the sources of information. What are the credentials of the people giving you the information? Are they trained medically and scientifically? Because they're all saying one thing, and that is get the vaccine. Or is it somebody who has gone to the University of YouTube and come out with the idea that, that vaccines are Bill Gates' big idea to gain control of your corporeal form it's so much to talk about this like it's a conspiracy theory that, that covid isn't really a thing in, in tanzania the whole country has just just carried on as if covid isn't a thing so i wonder what they're going to do with the with the vaccine and their, their president just died of covid allegedly masks aren't aren't used people are using like prayer to keep away covid and i i mean it, it didn't work during the black death it's not going to work now i guess we can sort of we can sort of wrap it wrap it up there but as we as we as we've wrapped it up there in terms of like earlier we have we have a chance to squeeze a bit more into it to another topic briefly so alex you've got something that you want to you want to bring up yeah i was thinking a lot about this episode i think the last episode of this podcast was released um on the day of the harry and megan oprah interview yeah i think it's just interesting to look at how we link to that identity again the almost strange identity we have in this country of how strong our monarchy is in the in the eyes of the public in terms of public support and why is that i mean it's interesting in the sense that some very crucial questions were raised in that interview um in terms of how the monarchy sustains itself and how harry mentions that um charles and william are both trapped in no certain words and that it's if they have no choice that they're stuck in it and how um the more embarrassing lines for the media as well on the international stage our media was embarrassed throughout that interview by comparing um all the the famous discrepancies in terms of comparisons between harry and kate and how they were perceived in the media and that was just highlighted um you know the sort of racial elements you could argue really and i i personally think there are a lot of racial Me- elements to towards... Me- megan and kate um towards megan markle i think the fact yeah. that she is a divorced american who is mixed race has given her uh all manners of has opened the the sort of opened the doors for uh the, the british press to just unleash into her and i think there's a, an element of snobbery in there um mm. And I think it's just that it's just a, a strange debate. And I, what I just wanted to pose to you both: Why is the monarchy such a part of our identity? If it's such a toxic brand, where elements of racism are brought up about the, 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 her child's skin colour um, and things like of, of that notion, the fact that Harry is so damaged, no one wants to discuss this in, in that family or in the media, really. That Harry is so damaged by his experiences of having to walk behind his mother's coffin in, in September of '97. Yeah. Um, and and those elements we don't know anything about the royal family quite frankly the only royals that have ever conducted interviews are one, Diana <laughs> look how that ended Andrew last in November of 2019 <laughs> oh for allegations God. we all know why we don't need to bring up 
another celebrity another celebrities in California. They have to be celebrities because as Harry mentioned, how else is he supposed to fund his private security? He has to strike a deal with Netflix. I don't blame the guy actually. I think he's no. he's been quite candid, he's quite upfront, he's quite uh pers- he's very personable. Uh, mm. He cares deeply about his. He cares deeply about his his family, his uh, his wife and his child, I should say, and I'm sure certainly his 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 also his um his also his family back in back in the UK. But why are why are they such a, as we've just discussed identity in terms of the culture war behind having a vaccine and whether you support Trump or Biden or Brexit or Remain? Why is the royal family such a part of our national identity with people that we don't actually know? anything about we make these gestures of like oh how great they are how do we know that they're not racist because Mm. quite frankly we don't know anything about they don't give public interviews the media has been fawning over kate mills has been fawning over kate um they've been fawning over uh over over kate Mm. with going to the uh, sarah sarah everard vigil why is kate now the story behind putting a candle and standing there quietly about a woman's death I understand the support there, but does she? What does that have to, anything to do with? She doesn't say anything of the matter. She doesn't give an opinion. Um, we take, you know, for example, William's word as gospel. My family is not racist. I'm sure all families have some have have got their skeletons in the closet. I just it's so easy how the media fawns over them, believes them, and believes everything that they say. We can't criticize the Queen because. It's an insult to our national identity. She's done nothing wrong in her entire reign as a monarch. Uh, I find it hard to believe, really. I just, yeah, I just wanted to... I just find it quite interesting, quite baffling. But yeah, I'll throw the floor to you. I think that's some really good points, Alex. Like, the interview was fascinating. And, you know, I'm going to say this. Kudos to Meghan Markle for... Um, doing what she did and all this uh, she knew what she was getting into yeah she did and guess what she didn't stand for it because it's the first time that institution has let in a liberated woman who is already before joining it has a a, a platform and a voice from um, her success as an actress um, and has has made something for herself. So, you know, she went in and then she thought, you know what, this is unacceptable. The year is 2021. I'm not standing for this. Mm. You know, what really shocked me from that interview, like obviously the, you know, the, the stuff about race is you know, insane. But the other thing, that one thing that really shocked me was when they said, um, when you join, you get your passport taken away from you and your mobile phone taken away from you. Was she, did she say mobile phone? I can't remember. Sure. Definitely, definitely passport. Yeah. And I was like, what? That's ridiculous. And yeah, I, I've, I've never been a, a big royalist myself. And um you know, they've done themselves no favours here and someone's called them out on some appalling stuff that they've been able to get away with for a long time. And I'm not saying it's the Queen, I'm not saying it's the actual royals, but, you know, I don't think they're innocent in, in all of this. You know, it, it, it's the institution, it's the people that run it as well. And, um, 
yeah, it, you know, fair play to Meghan Markle for her actually like just calling it out and and to Harry as well for supporting her to do that. Like, I'm I'm to to totes team Meghan. Um, um, is that what the youth say these days? The youth. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not at all, is it? I don't think any of us are in authority to say what the youth no. would say nowadays. No. In terms of in terms of your question about um identity, British identity, I think I think it's an extremely difficult thing to pin down. Um, we've got relatively distinct like subnational identities in terms of Scottish, um, Welsh, Northern Irish. English is a bit harder, I think, to pin down. It's an institution that's been there for a long time and people still cling on to this blitz wartime spirit of things were better when you know, it was back in the day and the Queen, oh, she's lovely and she's this wonderful old lady and wouldn't harm a fly or whatever. And the, the vast majority of the population, she's been the only monarch that they've ever known. You know, millions of people have been born and died and she's been the only queen. Do you know, she is, there's a fact for you, she, she is the longest serving head of state in the world. Central stars, fact. I and mean, we can't get rid of her. I think she... <laughs> we, we can't. We can't get rid of her. She has to die. <laughs> she, could, she could resign, but because she's a queen who is the head of state, rather than there being a king, because if the king dies, his wife is no longer like the queen queen. She doesn't get to be queen queen. This is all very technical, because then it follows the line of succession. Right. Because she's the head of state and not Philip. If Philip dies... She's still the queen, so right. they both have to. I'm sure I'll be locked up in the tower for saying this. <laughs> they both have to die. She had well, not they both have to die. She has to die for for it to change. Which is where I'm extremely envious of what are they called um, democracies when you can when you can vote out uh, your head of state if you don't like what they're doing because everyone's really happy with the queen because she's this sweet little old lady who is actually an extremely intelligent, calculating, very clever, very politician. Yes. And quite ruthless. Don't get me wrong, very hard working, so on. You wouldn't design a country from scratch and have a and have a hereditary monarchy, would you? You wouldn't sit down and get right, okay. Um, shall we have a democratic parliament? Well let's have a flawed voting system, but make it the lower house. Have an upper house that's completely appointed. Okay, and, and that's the they're the sort of the head of the government. No no no, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a family above them who call the shots really you wouldn't have it no. there's still these sort of these tired old arguments that they are oh, they do wonders for tourism and they bring they're bringing more money than than they cost and there's, there's no evidence for it I'd imagine if you asked every british person you know what defines britain what makes britain britain the royal family is going to be up there isn't it probably the top thing i would i, I would guess i don't know they'll survive it they obviously yeah. will they've survived everything they, they've survived they've survived andrew why why the yeah. papers haven't give half the grilling for somebody who's suspected of being a sex offender? Yeah. Why they haven't well, given him half the grilling honest, that, be, that they gave Megan Markle? Let's be honest, a child molester. A, ch- a child molester. Mm. Uh, and 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 yeah, and he keeps his titles. He yeah, keeps Harry. his titles. He keeps his money. I know the charities yeah. dropped him like a sack of potatoes because they don't want to be associated with him. But if he's if he's willing to do every to help in any way he can, like he says, fly to America then, fly to America, be questioned by the people who want to question you. Stand trial. If they, that's everything you can do, then if you really want to do everything you can do, then do that. But the press gave one or two days of difficult headlines after that brilliant interview. Like Emily Maitlis just 
gave him enough rope to hang himself. I need to watch it again. It was just God. He's just has he's clue he's fucking clueless, isn't he? He thinks we're all thick. It's the Pizza Express. Bit. It's the it's Pizza just... Express. It's the sweating. There's there's lots of flaws to to Twitter. I'm sort of begrudging going back onto Twitter as part of this podcast, but but I do it. I, I, I do it for the lols and it's quite toxic but one of the really positive things about twitter is that people could react in real time so when prince andrew sorry when the suspected child molester was giving his interview and saying things like actually i can't sweat couldn't have been me you had loads of doctors saying that's not a thing in real time they've given Meghan markle such more of a grilling than they've ever given andrew and there's no end in sight. Like every, all the papers seem to have forgotten what Andrew is suspected of doing. And- can you imagine if, like, can you imagine if Megan was suspected of some kind of crime or something? They'd have a field day. They'd yeah. have a field day. American, American princess corrupts, disgraces the royal family, and all this other nonsense. We're not calling for the end of the of the Windsor monarchy. We're not calling for the end of the Windsor of Windsor monarchy, or oh, yeah. as we as we. As, as we should really call them, the Sats-Cobra-Gota uh, family. Um, <laughs> so it's easy to forget sometimes that actually when we're go- when our media is banging on about Europeans and Germans and French, our own monarchy is German. So, and our own dear Prince Philip is a Greek. So it's not like we should, I don't know, close to home. I just think the whole thing is just it's messed up. And I don't agree with it. At the time of the First World War, the Tsar of Russia, the Kaiser of Germany, and the King of the UK and Empire were all cousins. I know. There's some really interesting, um, not theories, I don't know if you call them theories, but um, historians who talk about World War One and actually it basically wouldn't have happened if the incestual, if you want, whatever you want to call it, close family ties between all the countries hadn't have been how they were, it just would never have happened, which is just crazy. <laughs> Bonkers, isn't it? World War One and subsequently World War Two were the result of a family feud. How's that how's that for a conspiracy theory? If there was a if there was a referendum tomorrow and it said on it, do do you think Britain should become a republic with an elected head of state? I know how I'd vote, one hundred percent. I would hundred percent vote to abolish the royals. Yeah, I'm a Republican. And there goes my chance of being prime minister. You and I were both front runners until that point. <laughs> See, I think I think Jeremy Corbyn. I know, I know, we're not massive fans of Jeremy Corbyn, even though we voted. Had a good stance on this, which is he he himself personally is a Republican, but he he was never going to make it a big political issue because he knew it was a vote loser and it's not something which which the public particularly want and i think that was the right stance to take alex would you are you happy with disclosing how you would vote in that referendum if it was tomorrow before we move on to priti patel uh becoming the next the next well czar i wouldn't be able to call it to be honest it's, as it's present time i think it's, it's alex too, wants to be prime minister it's more to do with just i don't know i don't, I don't know if revolution sometimes are the best way to go about things i'm not in favor of a revolution i don't want to i don't want to cut the heads off i just I don't find any arguments for them existing rather than having a democracy in the form of a republic. Because you know how we have this ha- habit of, of invading places and nation building? We don't ever say, you don't need a republic. You actually need one family overseeing the republic because it never goes wrong. Mm. Never goes wrong. Mm. We're going to move on. Priti Patel, she, well, she's had an eventful week in parliament, hasn't she? Yeah, so the policing bill, which is... Is seen as more, well, I just call it the Police Crime Sentencing and Courts Bill. Controversial mm-hmm. piece of legislation with the events of the past past fourteen days, with the disappearance and murder of 
Sarah Everard. And obviously, clearly, I'm. Mm. I'll try and stay away from this topic and be sensitive. We can all condemn it and say it's a horrible. Whoever's responsible should be locked, to, just locked away yeah. for good. Really, like it's disgusting. One hundred percent. There are huge societal issues that need addressing. I think you can't really just go with the answer of just, oh, well, young women, young people, anyone shouldn't be walking home at night because that's not what you do. You should be able to walk down the street without being assaulted. And ultimately, I think the legislation that's been put forward now is obviously it's flawed. It's got some serious flaws with it. It is For me, if we stick to what happened at Clapham Common and who was to blame for what happened at Clapham Common on last Saturday evening. Could you explain that for our, for our Hungarian, French, Spanish, and American, German, and Dutch listeners? Yeah, certainly. So on, this, on Saturday the 13th, there was a, a, a vigil. Uh, it was non-violent, it was peaceful, social distancing was in place. I believe uh, a court order had to, be taken, had to be taken to ensure that this was lawful. The, the courts deemed it would be. The Met Police had other ideas. And what we saw was protesters... Not protesters, well, they well, were like... It, it, they were at the vigil. It, it, it's a vigil. It was a vigil. We saw the police, uh, several women being manhandled, pushed to the ground, arrested, forced to the ground, police officers punched, kicked and spat at. Um, so who is to blame for all this, really? Who, who is to blame for it all? And you could blame the protesters. You could quite easily... The easiest thing to do is to blame the protesters. But the vigil in Nottingham, the vigil in Manchester, the vigil that we saw around the country went ahead peacefully. Why was it the same courtesy given to those? I understand that COVID legislation doesn't allow you to have a protest, but they were social distancing and they were wearing their masks and taking every precautions. And it was a vigil. It was lighting mm. candles. It was just expressing solidarity. So why can't women who are in based in Nottingham and Manchester have the same courtesy given to them as was in London? You know, London. They weren't given that, that courtesy. And so I think that argument lacks credibility, really, and any seriousness, because you can't blame what happened on the those attending the vigil. You could blame the politicians because they haven't given opt-outs for in the legislation. It's, it's only now that they're sort of turning around and saying, why haven't the, the opt-outs been given? But now that they're repeating, the government is repeating things, the Conservative government is mm. repeating things, by having... The police bill, with all the powers that it hands to the police, they are given further powers, which means that they can they can decide how many attend protest, the time it goes up or vigil, the time it goes on, and a range of other draconian measures. I I, I do feel that reclaim these streets have a right to be angry because fundamentally, in our liberal democracy, you should be allowed to have a form of protest. And if it's social distancing and it's a vigil, then you should be allowed to do that. So what I think it really the issue is the people who are to blame for what happened are at the top of the Met Police mm-hmm. because they're the ones who make the decisions. The, the, the instruction came from the top of the Met Police. I'm not saying that the, uh, the chief of the Met Police, Cressida Dick, should resign because what ultimately will that, will that achieve? Her going will just put another person in who believes the same things. It's institutional things that need changing in the police. It doesn't matter whether it's the heinous crime of Sarah Everard or Black Lives Matter, stopping people from this country who are, who are black and are being stopped on the streets. Mm. It's those fundamental institutional issues that are wrong with the, uh, the Met Police. Why couldn't the Met Police, given those who are attending the vigil of this heinous crime, just showing solidarity and support with each other, 
be given the same courtesy as Glasgow Glasgow police gave the fans of Rangers mm. FC. Yeah, mm. no social distancing. No social distancing. So why wasn't that sensitivity and courtesy given to those attending that vigil mm. as in Glasgow? First of all, I agree with everything everything you've you've said. The blame has to go there because because at the end of the day, somebody had to make a call. We're going to break this up, and it, it's on their head. But the powers to break up a vigil shouldn't really be there. And the, the powers to break up assembly are, are hugely ramped up in this bill. If you're the Met Police and there's a vigil to remember a woman who was murdered by a police officer. Was he a serving police officer or an yeah. ex-police officer? Serving police officer. Serving police officer of the Met Police. Imagine if the Met Police had all lit a candle. Imagine that. Im- imagine that, that they'd taken part in this vigil. <laughs> the, the complete different outcome that that there would have been Mm. but also the clear message told to you that like he's not one of us you know this guy that that, that killed sir reverend he's not one of us we're here in solidarity with you and instead you've both seen the the photograph of the woman with red hair Mm -hmm. on the floor looking up like she's lying on her front looking up at the camera and you just think okay fucking hell like a good friend of mine smashed it this week when i was chatting to him so he has a a young child a toddler and he were had basically was looking at the curriculum for early years promoting the british values is part of something that's been um, in early years education since 2014 uh mm-hmm. right the british values of michael gove yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, democracy the rule of law individual liberty mutual respect and tolerance of different faiths and beliefs great as he said, as I say, I have no issues with those values. Fine. Teach my toddler that. Great. There's, I, I, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Be a nice person. And then he sent through a screenshot of the police reform bill with some highlighted things. Hmm. It, it's unbelievable. I'm just going to read some highlights from it. So, a person commits an offence if the person doesn't act, causes serious harm, or... Uh, to it's caused serious harm to the public or a section of the public, serious annoyance, or at risk of suffering anything mentioned above in these paragraphs. So serious annoyance, mm. on conviction of an indictment, can be imprisoned for a term not exceeding ten years. Serious annoyance. No, I find Noel Edmund seriously annoying. Just his. <laughs> you remember when he opened up this can't helpline? Just search for it online. Is exactly what you think it is. Well, I mean, serious annoyance. Piers Morgan's facing life, isn't it? <laughs> there's, there's there's some link to noise as well, and it's up to the Home Secretary who who decides what the reasonable level of noise is. And Theresa May. Do you remember her? Theresa May um, spoke and said, "We just hate it when politicians brown nose." And you're like, "I know what you want to really say, but you're sugarcoating this up because you can't just say, look, you're okay. crazy, and this is bang out of order.' And if if we think you're bad, imagine if someone even worse comes in, which is basically what she said. But instead, she says the Home Secretary is very reasonable. I think these powers will be exploited if we have a less reasonable Home Secretary coming in the future." Translation. Priti Patel, drop this. There are other things in the bill which which everyone could agree with, right? Um, everyone could agree with serving longer sentences for serious crimes. I think everyone could agree with judges having the option of, of whole life tariffs for child murderers. 
they're not controversial things. You can bank those. Everyone agrees. Our civil liberties have not been infringed. There's a really problematic thing in there about travel encampments, which is I'm not even going to go into. You're like, fine, let's all agree that rapists shouldn't be allowed out early. They're going to serve two thirds under this bill rather than half the sentence. A mandatory release after half sentencing shouldn't be a thing anymore. Fine, I'm with you there, Pretty Patel. I didn't think I'd ever say that, but there we are. What a world we live in. I agree with you. Child murderers should get life in prison. Uncontroversial. But don't throw in other things in the bill and then get all annoyed and the Conservatives got got really heated and really patronising in Parliament by saying, oh, it's awful that you can't support this bill and protect women from rapists being released. And Labour basically saying, you're clearly not listening to us. Mm. We're saying, yes, we agree with that part. But we don't agree with this particular part, which is a massive infringement, unprecedented on our freedoms. If you drop that, we can get behind the whole thing. To which the Tories said, why can't you get behind women? Again, it's just embarrassing. It's disgusting because you know exactly what that is. That's the narrative for the next yeah. three years, four years, the next yeah. general election. You blo- you didn't support our bill that protected women. You're against it. It's just disgusting. It's a game. It's... Okay, I'm done with this. I hate it. And... You know, coming back to my friends and my discussion, like, how can you, as a government, suggest that, oh, yeah, we need to teach children, toddlers, British values and democracy, when at the same time you're suggesting that people that cause serious annoyance can be locked up for 10 years? A joke, an absolute joke. This government is farcical. They are farcical and... They get away with it. No one's scrutinising them. Well, they are getting scrutinised. That's not fair. Like They are getting scrutinised by Labour, but it's just not reported. No one's listening. Yeah. No, no, one's, no listening. one's listening. No, no one's listening. That's... No one's listening. No one's listening. They've got a majority of 80 that I, I know how much the tanky fanatics want to say, oh, it's all because of the centrists, all the Blairites in the party that, that led to Jeremy Corbyn being elected twice emphatically as leader. Blairites are gone now. The Blairites are all gone. You're like, no, no, no. The the 80 seat majority was gifted because we were using a, a manifesto from the 80s where the, as much as nobody further left than we do wants to admit it, people okay. hated Jeremy Corbyn. They didn't trust him. They thought he was dodgy as fuck okay. and that he looked ridiculous. He doesn't look like a prime minister. He looks like he's permanently down in his allotment. Fair play to him if that's the case. The public didn't want him as prime minister. The public couldn't trust him. Probably thought he was anti-Semitic. Probably didn't know what Labour was going to do with Brexit or thought they were trying to block Brexit. Like, key things. Have handed the Tories an 80-seat majority. This is the outcome. Mm. This is the outcome. They can do whatever the f*** they want. Because nobody on the Tory... You're never going to get a rebellion of 80 when everyone's trying to secure their place within the party and and they're nudging for position and, and for come and spend money on my seat when I really need to save it because... We've got more marginals now than ever before, kind of thing. Nobody wants to stick the head above a parapet, let alone eighty. It's okay. Easy for the whip, I mean, for the whips to meantime, keep them in line. Yeah, all our prime minister does is just genuinely. All I think he does is go around for photo shoots. It's like, where's Boris today? What's he doing today? Oh, he's in a a, a laboratory. Standard for this year and last year. Absolutely, tick that one off. 
Oh, we're in a local. Oh no, we're not in shops at the moment because they're all closed. Oh, where are we now? We're it's in, in a, a, it's in a high vis. Oh, high vis, high vis. Yeah, it's in a high vis with Rishi yeah. to say that they're going to bring back free ports to the north. Oh, I'm just, I'm just so glad that our prime minister's really on it and spending the time on things that matter. You know, Conser- Knowing- conservative prime ministers love being seen in a high vis jacket and a hard hat. They love it because it's like, look, look, it's porn look, to I'm them, isn't it? I, I'm a prole as well. Look at me. It's, it's. The, the, the Conservative Party uh, annual calendar must be quite interesting. I, I, I imagine every... You just made me think about, like, naked calendars. No, I don't think they'll be naked. I think it's just, like, literally the cabinet just in high-vis and high-vis jackets and helmets, and that's it. Basically, it's looking like the, the, the Tories have got a majority. They're going to be able to pass it. There's not going to be an issue with it. And Labour, Labour are going to be the, the horrible people that stopped, that opposed it, you know. So you, you you think that's how it's going to be played? Oh, hundred percent. Through a lot of street epistemology, which we could look at another time. What fundamentally annoys me above above pretty much anything else is duplicity. So saying one thing but but meaning another. It me off like nothing else. What gets me with this police crime in court and sentencing and courts bill is that it's being sold in. And you can, you can watch the debates and, and the Tories are doing exactly what you're saying they're going to do in the future, Kieran. They're doing it now. They're saying, why can't you get behind this bill to protect women? It's it's disgraceful. So they're saying this all the time, being completely aware of what Labour and the Lib Dems and the SNP are saying in terms of, yes, we agree with this part about not allowing rapists to be let back on the streets. It's this huge infringement on our civil liberties to protest that we're worried about. Mm. The Conservatives getting up and speaking and saying, how dare you? They know full well what's going on, but they'll still peddle the line. Why can't you save, protect women and children that you care so much about? And it's it's the duplicity of it, because we know what they know. They're not thick. They haven't been elected MPs because they're stupid. They have some modicum of intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them <laughs> I'm not so sure, but, like the, but enough of them know what's going on. And it's purely cynical, mm. I think. Yeah. Look how tough we are on crime, and Labour weren't tough on crime. I think that's going to be how it's. Despite played. the fact that Labour came out at the start of the week and said before the Conservatives and said that anyone that is found, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I think it was anyone found guilty of murdering um, a vulnerable woman should be uh, in prison for life. Um, they, they were something like that. You have to fact check that before you put this in. Um, or just take it out. <laughs> the, the Tories have introduced universal credit, which is which is appalling in terms of domestic violence because all of the all of the other payments, the separate payments, which sometimes would have, assuming a heterosexual two adult household, would have gone to the woman. Some of the some would have gone to the mum, and some of them would have gone to the dad. But now they all go to one designated person. Well, if if you're an abusive partner, you're going to concentrate that power. That's had huge implications for domestic violence. And, and, and that's something which has been brought in. And it was raised at the time, you know, and it was brushed aside of this is going to be a great thing for people to get back into work. And it's duplicity again. Mm. It, 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 you understand the criticism that's coming in. You, you understand it. You know that there is there's something right about what's being said, but you dismiss it with a with a with a slogan. Yeah, uh, it's just it's h- horrible because we can do so much better. Yeah, there are th- there are things which are sometimes going to cause us to be a little bit annoyed in a humorous way. We can kind of laugh it off. These things can't just be laughed off. Mm. 
it is disgraceful that this that this is happening. Intelligent people are behind these policies. They know what they're doing. And if they don't know what they're doing, as soon as they hear valid criticism, they think you're yeah. an intelligent person who's raised a valid point. Maybe we should amend the legislation yeah. as is allowed in our parliamentary system, built in to, to make sure that can happen. And we can be flexible and we can add amendments or we can get rid of things. It's there. It just seems that this the system is set up in some ways for pragmatism and they're clearly not being utilised just to play games. So sorry, it's not been a particularly jokey one. But we, we, we still got a Star Wars reference in there. We still got a Star Wars reference in there. Who knows? We could have also talked about how Gibraltar's basically being returned back to Spain uh, on the fly. Never got that. I lost that dinner table conversation. Thanks, Johnson. Oh, I didn't even know about that. That's how little we've heard about it. Nobody does. Nobody does. Gibraltar's Gibralt joined the Schengen Agreement. <laughs> Oh, years. God. 300 years, and they voted to remain a British overseas territory. Gone. Gone. Wow. Cheers, Brexit. Kieran, a little cheeky reminder of social media before we sign off. Yeah, at uh, Centrist Dads on Facebook and Twitter. Give us a follow, give us a listen, give us a like, give us a comment. We appreciate it all. Check out um, Labour's new leadership podcast by Max Finch and, and Matt Dean. Kieran, we'd love to talk to you about your local election shenanigans mm. at some point yes. i'm sure fair enough um so it's goodbye from kieran in sandbach <clears throat> goodbye that was very serious and it's goodbye from alex in goodbye and it's goodbye from me goodbye. she's quite like a She's quite, I don't know, she's quite like iron, iron about it, you know, she's just... Were you going to say she's an iron lady? Were you going to liken her to I was going to, I had to to stop myself, yeah. We're not, we're not... (laughs) Is that Freudian slip? Is that Freudian slip? Have you, have you to Thatcher? (laughs) No, no, no. no. There you have, you dirty boy. We're not recording, we're not recording, are we? We we are recording, yeah. It's not going to go live, is it? Not like coast to coast live, is it?